0: Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. You hear that, uh The Leaky Cauldron. And now, Leaky's own Melissa and Ellie.
1: Hey Potter Panthers, welcome to Pottercast number 41. We've got a great show for you as usual. Alex from the Remus Lupins joins us this week to tell us all about life as a wizard rocker and even play some live music. Jason, Laurie, and Sue talk in the podcast about the 12 uses of Dragon's Blood and the significance of Dumbledore, having been the one to find them. In the Canon Conundrum segment with Steve Van Ark, we talk about the voices behind the veil and what might be their purpose. Also, we've got a great mailbag for you, and we'll get right into Sue's news. See you later.
2: Listening to the news? Again?
3: As if a normal boy cares what's on the news.
4: Hello, everyone. Here are the latest Harry Potter news headlines for this last week of May. There was a major casting change this week for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Newsround reports that Helena Bonham Carter will now join the cast as Bellatrix Lestrange. She replaces actress Helen McRory, who had to drop out due to her pregnancy, and that will complicate filming later this fall for the scenes involving the Battle of the Ministry of Magic. Ms. Carter was nominated for an Academy Award for her role in Wings of the Dove and has appeared in such highly acclaimed films as Howard's End, A Room with a View, and was most recently seen in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Also, there were several bits of news as there was additional casting for the young marauders in the pensive scene. For complete details on all of this, please click on LeakyNews.com for much more. Also this week, second unit crews were filming in the West Highlands area of Scotland for scenes for the fifth Harry Potter film. One report said a double for Daniel Radcliffe's Harry was on location filming by a Lake. Principal shooting for the film is now on hiatus in order to give the actors a chance to study for their upcoming exams and enjoy a holiday until main filming resumes again in mid-July. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is due next year in theaters on July 13, 2007. In book-related news now, the publishing director for Bloomsbury, the UK publishers of the Harry Potter novels, has given a new interview where she says that she hopes book seven will be released next year. Liz Calder said quote, the next Harry Potter book is likely to come out in two thousand seven. I hope so, end quote. We should caution that this does not mean that Book Seven is officially set for release next year. Joe has said that she is still writing the book and there has been no official announcement of either a title nor a release date, but this is encouraging news nonetheless. Finally, in what is being described as the most unique honor to come the way of Harry Potter, a dinosaur has been named in honor of these books. Draco Rex Hogwartsia was unveiled last week in Indianapolis. This dinosaur was discovered several years ago and was given the name in honor of the books because after reconstruction, the skull of the dinosaur strongly resembled the dragons that are found in the Harry Potter novels. Very cool. Joe said of this dinosaur that she, quote, can't help visualizing as a slightly less pyromaniac Hungarian horntail, end quote. <laughs> you can see some fantastic photos of Draco Rex in our galleries. It really is something. Well, for further information on all these stories and much more, you can find it all at LeakyNews.com, which is updated daily. Have a good week, everyone, and enjoy the show.
1: It's podcast
4: 41.
1: 41. 41, guys. Wow. And welcome. John, I thought you weren't That's going to be right. here this week. Surprise! Yay! We found a way. He's back. Yay.
5: <laughs> we found a way. The
1: life of a podcast host. You, you fit it in between... About
5: the way.
1: You know, three minutes here, He's two minutes there. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yep. John
1: couldn't be, bear to be away. I, know.
5: I couldn't. I'd miss you guys so much. We'd miss you too. You see, I, I never talk to these two unless I'm recording. It's a true fact.
1: That's not true. <laughs> I'm or, Melissa, or and I. Opposite. this week I am also known as Sniffy McGee. Sniffy Melissi, no. Sniffy Melissi is very sick, so if I sound all stuffy, I apologize. That's why.
5: Yeah. Well, you couldn't have sounded any worse than I did last week when you woke me up in all hours of the morning to record.
1: All hours of the morning. 11 (laughs) a.m.
5: Well, what do you expect? You'd
1: think it was freaking dawn. Yeah,
5: well, you know.
1: (laughs) Well, that's... That's Big J. And oh, this else? is Sue,
4: and I am bursting with Sue Upton. Sue Upton, bursting with news, ready to talk about the news. Bursting Yay! with news, yes.
1: Sue Upton, leaky's leaky's news mistress. Yes. And oh boy, do we have oh my goodness, boy, do we, we have news? <laughs> Just a bit. We do have news. If you're new to Pottercast, <laughs> is this, this, this is the, is the where portion
5: where we have yeah. news. We talk about the news. We talk about the news. We Talk about the news.
1: The Harry, the Harry Potter news of which there is tons. And there is tons. <laughs> New Bella, new Bella, new Bella. Beautiful Bella. Bella new and a good actress, Bella. Helena nice picture, Bonham. Helena Bonham Carter has been recast as Bellatrix Lestrange. Bellatrix Lestrange oh, was God. originally to be played by Helen McCrory, mm-hmm. who, but mm-hmm. she got pregnant and she'd be too pregnant to be Bellatrix in the final frame. I,
5: I thought she listened to... Um, our canon conundrums last week <laughs> and got so turned no. off by her part that she quit the No, camp.
1: no. <laughs> That's the part that we weren't supposed to share, John. Thanks for getting us in trouble with Warner Brothers. Oh,
5: crap. Sorry, it. Orna. Damn. You're still hot, though. <laughs> well,
4: Miss Carter is one awesome actress. I mean, she has been in so many good movies. She's been Oscar nominated. She's been in some fantastic films you know, some serious films with it's A Room really with a View. And really I fun loved fun. her in
1: Howard's End, but she was just, I mean, she's awesome. Whew. I can't, I think the most bellatrix role she's played is that girlfriend in oh, Fight Oh, absolutely. Whoa. Yeah. It's, mm. She's very sickly and wasted away and, and sort of gross and crazy and wild, and you, you just don't know what to expect from her. And at the same oh. time, she's this very alluring mm-hmm. person. And that is, that is, That's I bellatrix. Mean, clearly not as murderous, but that is, Bellatrix. And I'm so... I
5: saw a little Bellatrix in Mrs. Bucket myself. No. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that
4: was the character in, in Charlie or Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, everyone, and she's not. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I thought she was just itching to go attack somebody. No. Like, you ain't taking my son to no factory. I'm going to uh, cruise uh, you. <laughs> after, after I she's you She's cruising you over that chocolate. <laughs> Back. Stay with those yeah. ever
4: stopping gobstoppers <laughs> or whatever they are. I don't know.
1: But in all seriousness, Helena Bottom Carter sprang to my mm-hmm. mind for Bellatrix from, from years ago. And those people never actually get cast, the ones that just spring to no. your mind. They always find some other brilliant mm-hmm. oh. uh, choice that you didn't quite think of, but it's oh. just as good. This just, uh, is perfect.
5: I just got a great fan art challenge. I want to see a picture of Bellatrix <laughs> sing the Umpa <laughs> No! <laughs> that would be awesome.
1: There you have it, guys. Fan art challenge.
5: Please, please oh, drop <laughs> please don't hurt.
1: And they will. We will return the fan arts, the fan submission stuff to podcast.com when we did the when we did the revamp. We sort of forgot to take yeah. that section over. We will bring it over so your stuff will get featured.
5: I, I love the fan art challenges. The last fan art challenge made it to my avatar in the League. And that was
1: I great know, you have a muggle <laughs> on fire. <I> love <laughs> because that. you're a sadistic, sadistic person.
5: That's yeah, so funny. But, oh, it's. It's for people to be immolated. I think I read book one or something. No, I was listening to book one recently. And I got to the part about flu powder. And they mentioned that something along the lines of you had to be magical to use it. A muggle could not use flu powder. I forget why. And I I remember hearing it and thinking, oh, I should go back and tell everybody about that. Now I totally forgot. You just remembered. Muggles cannot use flu powder, and there was a reason why. that I. Well, that now you, your
1: avatar is correct. John's avatar on Leaky Lounge shows a muggle with the backside <laughs> of
5: him in him green. Him. And panicking because, about yeah. it.
1: That's funny. That's
4: hilarious. Well, it's because you were set your oven on fire, man, or whatever that was. That's what I thought I had oh. to do with. You know. I
5: know I just made a hamburger tonight. Actually, he
1: almost he almost set his room on fire yesterday no. when I was on the phone. And again, did you?
5: Oh, you don't want to start that <laughs> up.
1: Yeah. So, all right. So, what other kind of stuff <sighs> do we got going book on? Book news, too? baby. Any
4: more news? Book seven. Book seven now, comes out two months no, from now. Now, this is the now. This so. is. Let's be very cautious about this. A woman named Liz Calder, who is the director of publishing, publishing, excuse me, at Bloomsbury, gave an interview to a paper where she said that she is says that the next Harry Potter book is likely quote likely, emphasis on likely to come out in two thousand seven I hope so end quote we we do that does not say it is
1: and let's just remind uh, there were this there was this kind of speculation for every single book, <sighs> and it's rarely it's rarely correct it's i mean it's the books have it's with the exception of book five have always sort of come out when we sort of expected them to i don't think. It's necessarily news that it's likely mm-hmm. in 2007, but it is always nice to hear it from a yeah. official source. Yeah.
5: Oh, I bet Joe's probably all like, oh, is that so, lady? How many chapters are yeah. you writing for me? Because <laughs> I got all these notes in front of me that says this is going to take me I a while. You don't know what to kind of... So you don't you be running in your mouth yeah. before talking to me? I mean, you
4: never know. The last time Joe gave an update, she said that she was having house elf trouble, so we don't know if there's going to be more trouble and there'll be a delay. We don't know.
5: I know. Mm-hmm. She could get pregnant again, no. for all we know. What the hell? <laughs>
4: Although you know,
5: a little bit of Helen McCrory things going (laughs) around.
4: Yeah, (laughs) but it's just all.
5: Speaking of pregnant, my my sister's little Mm. boy was born yesterday. (gasps) That's right, little baby Charlie, a
1: new Pottercast baby. baby.
5: He's pretty darn cute. He's going to be our mascot.
1: You have to get him a T-shirt, John.
5: I told I told her I asked I asked to make sure I could take a picture with him when I go up there. I'm heading up there to Ohio tomorrow and gonna gonna take a little. She said that she's going to use one of her little, uh, um, what, what, do you, what do you girls call those pencils that you put on yourself, the, on your eyes?
4: Eyebr- like eyeliner? Eyeliner. Things, it's
5: called. Yeah, she's going to make a little scar on them. I'm going to take a little picture. Oh Be a little blonde Harry Potter. You're abusing this child already. Baby Harry it's Potter. It's an
4: infant. It was just born, and you're already going to dress him up as as Harry Potter.
5: <laughs> <laughs> she can never start too soon.
4: <laughs> oh, this poor baby. Welcome to the Noe family. Love there it. you go.
1: <laughs> you are, there too. You. It'll Pictures coming soon to podcast.com to the most abused child ever.
5: <laughs> oh. oh, no, it's mm. going to be really cute. Uh, it will be cute.
1: Oh,
4: so cute. Um, There's one other thing. of.
5: Uh, any other news that doesn't have to do with my yes, personal life? Yes, there is. Oh, I one suck, this very cool,
4: unusual honor has be fallen for Joe. And... <laughs>
1: <laughs> A great one. If I do say something, oh. why don't you tell him? It's awesome. Well, you know, you've really gotten far in life when something you've, You've created gets a dinosaur named after it. Whoa, a dinosaur! <laughs> I used to There's love dinosaurs. Dracorex Haguartzia, and as the person who donated the dinosaur said in our comments mm-hmm. on wikinews.com dot com, Dracorex comes from King of King of Dragons. They wanted it to be the King of Dragons, so Draco Rex. Um, and wow. Joe has said that she imagines this dinosaur to be a slightly less pyromaniac Hungarian horned tail. <laughs> Isn't that a great
4: line? I love that. I, just...
1: I love her. I, she's just...
4: She's brilliant.
1: She has this way of putting this hilarious pin on things.
4: But, but you know, my oh, little boy looked at those pictures. We have these incredible photos up in our gallery. And that dinosaur, it really does look like a, like a dragon. I mean, he just... It does. Oh, was just... Stunned, because he's at that age when he's just really into dragons and dinosaurs, and he just saw that and he was like, "Wow, dragons are real!" Has, you know, just
5: has anybody ever found any dragon fossils yet? Um, uh, you <laughs> <are fossils laughs> up, <digging> up
1: Sue, <laughs> John. I'm sorry.
5: Oh, no, someone. Sue some and part of I just reacted. Have found at least one in the exact same way
1: <laughs> at the exact same moment. What? We all spent too much I time think so. together. <laughs> soon i just went um <laughs> to you at the exact same no? time <laughs> it was sort of like an um, um john we love you but <laughs> no dude Take a thousand, no love you john love you dude
5: but <laughs> oh shucks
1: <laughs> all right well okay. any more news before i start snoozing coming soon coming soon to Cam. Your Pottercast, cam. your your PC gear, Pottercast oh, gear.
5: Cool. Hell yes, PC gear coming In soon. House.
1: Put them on your shirts. Put them on your book bag. We, I, you know, there isn't actually a Pottercast National Wear Your Pottercast Shirt Day thing. There will be soon, but be, we'll come up with planned. some other way for you to to enjoy it. Oh, those
5: boys. Okay. It's gonna be a National Buy Your Pottercast Shirt Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be brilliant. <laughs> One step ahead of the ball. Awesome,
4: let's do it, man! That'll be awesome, and then we can have everyone take their, yeah. wear it, and we would just be looking cool. We'll have a.
1: <laughs> no, you hear John said it's going to be national buy I'll your podcast. He doesn't stuff. care if you wear it. National no, buy no, your podcast. Wearing it's today.
5: the important part no. because then people see it and they'll be like, where do you get that shirt? And then they can tell.
1: <laughs> In all seriousness, it will help support some of some of the activities we're trying to produce this summer. As you know, we're producing oh, yes. quite a few, and it's costly. So. If, once you see the T-shirts up, please do consider buying one.
5: Um, yeah, buy one for your aunt and uncles and your grandma. Do, do
1: you, and your little baby cousins who you're going to That's I was going to say. Are we going to make like,
4: little oh,
5: sleepers? Oh, it's going to be loved. <laughs> we
4: need to make sleepers now, you know? <laughs> little, one, onesies, <laughs> yeah, little onesies, Little yeah. onesies. Oh, funny. Podcast so, onesies. I did
5: see a Chipotle onesie. Someone oh. on the lounge put that up today. Oh. And I had a, On the front of it, I had a little arrow pointing up towards its mouth, and it said, food goes here. <laughs> And the, on the back, pointing, pointing towards his uh, little little tail there, says, comes out no! here.
1: <laughs> oh,
5: God. <laughs> and a little chipotle pepper on the front. No. Oh, that was so dang funny. Before John, like, like turns into a
1: giant marshmallow of gooiness mm-hmm.
5: here. Okay, fine. Sorry if I'm, I'm a little excited. You're the
1: cutest thing ever, but this is not mommy yeah. cast.
5: Fine, I'll, <laughs> I'll save it for that show.
1: That show yeah, is, is good. Okay. okay. I, mean,
5: I can be a guest star.
1: Okay, people. Got a good one coming up. So, Got a really cool thing. Oh, Let yes. We have a great God, guest. what's in mm. the show? So, so much. We got Alex from the Remus Lupins. Woo! Awesome. Woo. and he's rocking. And he's going to sing live for us. You're going to hear his music all over the place. Can you dance like a hippo That's not him. <laughs> oh.
5: Could be if yeah. you wanted to. I bet he could do that song. I bet he could.
1: Also, this week's Canon Conundrums. What is this week's Canon Conundrums? Canon Conundrums
6: about the veil.
4: The The whispers. The veil of the Department
5: of Mysteries. The execution chamber, like they call it.
4: I hear dead
1: people. I'm scared. I peed my pants. Thank you, John. What happened? Who was that guy? Okay, this week's can kind of conundrums about the whispers behind the veil.
5: Whispers behind the veil.
1: And we've got a lot of rest of great mm-hmm. show coming, so yes, let's, let's go start. to it.
7: Now it's time
3: for Lumos Limelight, an interview featuring a participant of Lumos 2006.
4: Hello, everyone. Here we are for our first... Lumos Limelight, and do we have a great act for you to kick it off? Here with
1: Melissa. Hello, right? I'm not the act.
4: <laughs> oh no, that's true. That's not No, I'm no. we right could be, could be John. Could be John over there. John's an act, yes. all right. Uh, no,
5: yeah. actually, it's not me this time. Who, what do you know? We
1: got, we got another guy in what? here. It's cra- it's yes. crowding up our little studio here. Yes, he is. Who is he?
3: It's uh, Alex from the Remus Lupins. Hi. <laughs> Yay! Oh,
5: Alex! Thank you for thank you for coding our podcast.com <laughs> It's
1: not that. Alex. No,
3: different Alex. no, different Alex. Oh, different Alex. How many Alexes do
5: this we have? This
1: Alex. Oh, this Alex is well. You're the entire band, right?
3: I am, but I okay. like to pretend that I'm not because uh, it's a plural name and it gets hard to explain to people.
5: Right. Oh. It's like that guy that Dick Van Dyke plays <laughs> in Mary Poppins, that runs around with all the
3: instruments. Almost on exactly know, like that. Yes. Oh,
6: band. <laughs> I also sweep That's chimneys, awesome. so
3: if you need your chimney swept,
1: yeah. <laughs> Chim Chim True, I am there. He's a multi purpose musician. <laughs> this is Alex Perfect. from the Remus Lupins. Yay, the Remus Lupins yeah. is the next yeah. in this rash of Harry Potter bands we've got out there. I gotta mm-hmm. say, yeah. I downloaded, uh, not downloaded, I take that back. He sent me his CD. It made it to my iPod, which is, mm-hmm. you know,
3: it's, it's a Let's great honor. Thank you very your much. IPod.
1: Well, I just don't have the time to do the stupid connections and stuff, but I made sure. <laughs> and it's on my car, and I go around, and, I, and somebody actually caught me singing it in the in the parking lot the other day. And they're oh. like, it they must have been like, this girl was just singing about Dumbledore. What? I'm like, oh, <laughs> just leave me alone.
3: Well, I'm glad to get anybody <laughs> yeah. in trouble that I can.
1: Yeah. Yes,
3: yeah. especially if it's Melissa.
1: Well, Alex is going to be opening for the live Leaky Mug at Lumos. Yes, I'm so news. incredibly Ooh, psyched nasty. about
3: that. I can't even tell you. I'm, it's going to be awesome. Mm. The whole weekend's um, going to be amazing. Are you going to
5: play something to get our nerves down for uh, getting up there and? I'm going to try to get again. you guys as
3: excited as possible, so you can um, fumble, and so the uh, the MuggleNet people well, can take advantage of it. Too.
1: Thanks,
4: uh, thanks, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Who <When> invited <was laughs> this guy? <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I just um, like the
3: competition. I enjoy you that- guys.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't compete.
3: Not at all. We don't really. We just yeah, pretend nope. to,
1: when it's fun. It's all in the <laughs> act. Anyway, so yeah, so we want we want you to stick nah. around during the show and like do the cues like like the guy on David Letterman. You know?
5: Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> be like the Ricky Minor band from American Idol.
3: <laughs> I don't even know what John, John I don't know what that, that means, thing. but I'm I will do that.
1: You don't watch American Idol?
3: I mean, of <sighs> course oh, I do.
5: My. Good man. Yeah. I don't watch that. So uh-huh. that just sucks. Uh huh.
4: But you know i'm excited Seriously. I'm excited about yeah. you being there because your music is really good, and I think a lot of people are going to be just just loving this music I, I you know, but I have to admit until a few months ago, I really did not know that much about you. Could you how long have you guys have you been <laughs> been touring or as a group i should say well the group uh, he's the group
3: <laughs> I am the group i am schizophrenic yeah. um well yeah. i've only been actually I only read the Harry Potter books last August, so i'm relatively new to the whole. Wow. Whole deal, but after I did, um, I just started writing songs about it because I thought it was uh, fun. You know, just I started as a joke. Actually, I wrote a song about Snape after I'd finished Half Blood Prince and uh, why Dumbledore had trusted him. I thought it was, it was just like a funny little song, and I recorded it and um, kept emailing it to my friends. And I got sick of that, so I just put it up on MySpace, and it just got this huge response afterwards. Since then, I've discovered there's this whole like wizard rock scene going on on myspace right now and it's really amazing and there's all these kids involved in it and all these different bands popping up and uh it's just kind of grown exponentially from there so not that long probably since you know september (laughs) of last year
1: i love the dumbledore song because it says so many great things about snape
3: thanks very much
1: like how many things (laughs) how many What is the
3: how many effed up things things does he have to do before someone says i don't trust this dude
1: it's <laughs> a lyric Don would like. But what's your musical background before you started this?
3: I just I had a band in high school and then I played, you know, as a solo artist for a little while, but um mostly acoustic guitar and uh myself. Just all sorts of uh experimentation with sounds. I really like that, which I think I hope shows through on the record that I like to experiment with different you know vocal lines and different sounds.
1: What's the name of the record?
3: It's called Spells from a Broken Wand.
1: Very cool. Yeah, how'd oh. you get that?
3: Well it was originally called Tom Riddled Me This. And, uh, then I didn't, it, it felt like it didn't fit. I don't know. I've always, as the band name suggests, I've always, I don't know, had a sort of kinship with, with Remus Lupin and, but also with Ron since I read the books. So I just, I really connected to those two characters. And I thought, um, that a lot of the songs are kind of introspective songs about these different characters. And, uh, I thought that Ron's broken wand and how every time he'd try to do something outwardly, he'd, it would backfire and reflect back on him, sort of, uh, Captured what I was trying to do with the songs.
4: You use a lot, there's a lot of harmonies at first because I really did think that there was another member because I was trying to listen and so you record your own harmonies and your own backup tracks or, or who sings on some of the songs? Is it all you?
3: Um, it's, it's mostly me. The core of the backup vocals is, is just me mm-hmm. double tracking the vocals but, um, I had mm-hmm. a friend of mine who's this amazing Broadway singer come in and, uh, sing so you can hear her on some of the tracks. And then I just had, you know, friends for the sort of group sing along parts of the record. Um, just friends came in and sang along with me.
1: Who's your Broadway singer friend?
3: Um, her name's Lee Pauline. She's, I mean, you probably wouldn't have heard of her, but that's the kind of singing that she does. Um, so one of the things when I started the <laughs> band is beyond the fact that I called the band something plural just because I thought it would be funny is I, yeah. um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Made it so every song, I would write a backup vocal part, so I would be forced <sighs> to have, you know, this sort of artifice of more people being in the band. I don't know why I did that, but I think I just like to make my life harder than it needs to be, <laughs> but that's what I, don't I did. don't know
1: anything about that.
3: I like backup vocals. I think they make songs sound amazing, you know? Ba-ba's make me happy.
1: You have mm-hmm. this whole sort of monkeys, <laughs> Rooney thing going on with the ba-ba-ba. It's like sort of summery, kind of 60s-ish sounding. Um, what are yeah. your What are your influences?
3: Uh... Lately, I've been listening to a lot of the Beatles. Um, I really, I love, love, love the Beatles. Um, and I don't know, I feel like I, I tried to put a lot of different influences in there. So there's definitely some Sandra Lerche. There's some of Montreal. Um, a lot of the Beatles in there, a lot of the Good Cheer, who are friends of mine. Um, that I, I put in there. And I just, I tried to make it a, a positive sort of sounding record because in the past, I'd made music that was a little, you know, darker, and uh, I wanted to take a different tact with with the Remus Lupins.
4: Excellent. One thing I've been, you mentioned your MySpace um, site. It was very cool. You're on tour, is this right? Yeah,
3: I went uh, as I said with the Good Cheer. I went and played some yeah. shows with them in Arizona last week. And uh, yeah. I took a good friend of mine along with me, and he, uh, he videotaped everything. So we kept video tour diaries of the, uh, the trip, uh, and it was just it was a blast.
4: Yeah, it's very cool. So, I mean, are you getting good crowds, or I mean, what kind of reception are you getting? Yeah,
3: definitely. Um, I, it's always amazing to me, whenever I play a show, how many people show up and what a great response there is. Um, we were talking before about the backup vocals. I was worried about originally how I was going to do that, because obviously I can't be singing two vocal parts at the same time but um mm-hmm. crowds and people have just been singing the vocals back to me like on there's a song on looking for trouble there's uh ba 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 in the chorus and people do that back to me while I'm singing the main line wow. it's like it's it's surreal it's amazing i love Ooh. it um yeah. and that yeah that's a lot of fun and i'm really psyched because at the end of june and beginning of july i'm going to be in the northeast which is sort of like wizard rock mecca yeah. So a lot of Harry, <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter fans out there so I'm really excited <laughs> to um get out there and play some shows with those kids too.
1: What cities are you hitting?
3: It's not completely solid yet but definitely New York, Boston, Philadelphia and a couple places in New Jersey.
1: And what so, kind of venues do you generally play?
3: Out here because I in Los Angeles where I'm from, I know the area and I know the people since I've been playing music for a while. I've been playing um mm-hmm. just, you know, regular normal um Clubs and music venues, but I think when I'm out there, I'm going to try to go for some more unique stuff, play some bookstores, and, um, if I can, I don't know, libraries. I think it's pretty cool to, you know, tie the books and the music together, um, as much as I can. So any place I can play that's sort of an independent bookstore or someplace where it can get people in and reading, I think would be really cool to play instead of just, you know, your regular club.
4: You said you were recent to the books. I mean, just started last year. I mean, so how, how are you anticipating book seven? Are you looking forward to it? I mean, how how did you feel at the end of, of Half-Blood Prince? Uh,
3: I I think yeah. I felt the same as everybody did. And I honestly, I don't know how you guys didn't read all the books in in a row, because I would have killed myself after the end of Order of the Phoenix <laughs> if I'd had to wait whatever it was, two years. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just getting three? sort of a yeah, taste of point. what everybody else has had to live through for the last, yeah. you know, however many years. Um. It was really cool because I read all the books in just under a month. So I really experienced the whole thing, you know, all at once. And is I don't like the waiting very much, but I've got, you know... um, Because I read it all at once, I've got all these questions fresh in my mind. And I know there's no way that, you know, she can answer all these questions in book seven. It's just not going to happen. So I'm sort of, I don't know, I'm worried about book seven.
5: What do you think of the movies?
3: Um, I... I don't know. Um I liked the movies until I read the books. And then I saw there was so much more. There was so much that had been left out and it
0: yeah.
3: I don't know. I feel like there's there's a lot of of darkness in the later books which I really enjoy. I mean, I can't wait to see how they deal with with Order of the Phoenix and especially Half-Blood Prince, but um I really liked the last two movies a lot. I liked the way they were handled more than the first two. I think it's starting to become although they're changing more things from the book, which I dislike. Um, that I feel like they're getting the feel more right. That the you know the sort of uh impending doom of Voldemort's rise is is making the uh the movies more true to the books in some ways.
1: Now, what's the coolest thing yeah. that's happened to you as a result of being a quote unquote wizard rock star?
3: Uh, promise not to laugh.
1: Sure. Uh.
3: This this is amazing. I'm so psyched Aww. to be talking to you guys, honestly, because I, I uh. Yeah, this and getting to play before uh, the Leaky Mug cast at, at Lumos is just... I mean, it's been amazing, all these shows and everything, but it's, it's going to be cool because in the sort of Harry Potter world, you guys are celebrities, so I'm psyched to be, uh, be talking to you.
5: Uh-huh. Well, I mean, we started about the same time you yeah. started your stuff. We've been around that much yeah, longer. Yeah, but I mean, you.
3: not that many people listen to my music. Everybody listens to, to your podcast.
4: Oh, that's so great. That awesome. Well your music just rocks. I really enjoyed, I have to say, and I hope people is it available do you have the CDs out or mm. I mean?
3: Yeah, first know. thanks so much for saying that. Um I really it's so cool to hear you guys that uh that you've actually listened to it and enjoy it. It makes me really happy. Yeah, um, We're just yeah people can check it out on <laughs> check out some songs on the Myspace page, which is myspace.com backslash the Remus Lupins and they can buy the C D, spells from a broken wand, um, on there as well. And it's we'll just have a link in the, the show
1: notes as well, so that it's easy for you to grab onto. And um, we'll be scattering some some of your music throughout the show as well.
3: Cool. Well, thank Ooh, you, thank you so I much think. for uh, for having me on. <laughs> there we go. It's cool. been awesome.
1: Well, uh, we're not letting you go without oh, doing a song. I mean. Oh yeah,
3: Absolutely. you're right. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Come on, that's the price of entrance here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep.
1: <laughs> so, which one do you want to do?
3: How about Live I do l- podcast? Live on Buttercast. I'll do, um, (laughs) how about Looking for Trouble?
1: Excellent. Uh, Great. Great. (laughs) Woohoo! All right, guys, it's Alex, the Remus Lupins with Looking for Trouble.
3: Thanks. Here we go.
2: I don't care how much you write, I'm not going back to Privet Drive. Summer at the borough with my girl. We go and lookin' for trouble. We're gonna finish this this time around. We go and lookin' for trouble. We gotta finish this. Once and for all, oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh. don't go expecting answers and taking headway with me and when the ready on animal Look out for trouble. We're gonna finish this once and for all. Oh, oh, oh. We're going looking for trouble. We're gonna finish this once and for all. Oh, oh. Before we had our reasons it's time it's personal You can pretend that you don't care But I know you cried When he died We'll go and look at the trouble We're gonna finish this This time around Looking for trouble, talking about you know who. We're gonna finish this last time around. Go and looking for trouble. We're gonna finish this this time around. Do you have any? On where the horcruxes cruxes are, cause I don't have a clue. I don't know who RAV is. Do you? Do you? We'll go and look at trouble. We're gonna finish this this time around. When looking for trouble, talk about you know who we gotta finish this, this time around. Looking for trouble, we're gonna finish this, this time around.
8: the voices behind the veil, you need to have been squirted by a memberless Mimbletonia. I think this because Luna, Ginny, Harry, and Evel were squirted by the memberless Mimbletonia on the Hogwarts Express, and there are the same people that are able to hear the voices. I have heard theories saying that you can only hear the voices if you have seen someone die. This cannot be true because Ginny has never seen someone die, unless if there is something that we don't know. I also think that the reason Harry, Ginny, Luna, and Neville were so drawn and affected by the veil has something to do with the Mimbalist Mimbaltonia. Perhaps it possesses other qualities, too. Maybe people escorted by it can go through the veil unharmed, or even go into the veil. One way or another, the Mimbalist Mimbaltonia definitely has something to do with it. Though I'm convinced the voices are of those who are no longer with us, I was more concerned with the fact that the veil seems to be in a room with a lot of benches, kind of like a stadium. The room doesn't seem to be set up for experiments. So I was thinking that the veil might be a type of study on communication with the dead, where numerous members of the ministry could gather to witness the results. There must be some reason for its existence within the ministry, whether they are simply studying these voices, or perhaps the ministry is doing something it doesn't want the public to know about. Whatever it's doing there, they've got an awful lot of people gathered to watch. I think it's kind of obvious what's behind the veil. It's, uh, the veil is the veil between this world and the next world. And the voices are the voices of the dead or possibly the damned. Uh, that'd be my, because everyone assumes Sirius is dead because he went through the veil. But yet he was shot by red light, not green light, which means Bellatrix did not hit him with the Avada Kedavra. So everyone assuming he's dead means that there's something about that veil. And that's the most likely conclusion. But as we all know, Joe isn't exactly the best for giving us what the most obvious conclusion is. I believe that the voices behind the veil are... The people who are stuck in between living and death and it's a place where they go to and you know they're not quite ghosts or obviously Sirius is one of them but we don't know exactly what and all I know is if we don't find out from J.K. Rowling um, I might go crazy but it's got to be some one of life's mysteries you know that we can't find out just like with psychology the brain we don't know how it works the mind if it exists.
2: Give me some of that real wizard rock So give me some of that winners around So give them what they want A hundred rolls of parchment by daylight Put your wand behind your you
0: And now, straight from the Leaky Lounge, this week's Modcast.
7: Oh, yeah, we are in Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Modcast. This is Jason, also known on the forums as the Guru of Sloth. And with us today is...
4: Hello, everyone. This is Sue TLC from the Leaky News. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: this is me, Laurie Damorel, also known as Asphodel Wormwood. And today we're going to be discussing, not for the squeamish, Dragon's Blood. (laughs) Poor Norbert. I I think there's a certain Hufflepuff who's quite excited and has a few things to say, so I'll let her go first.
4: We do. (laughs) I'm so excited by this subject. I know you think, oh, gross, Dragon's Blood, but it's very, very interesting. For those that really are not aware why we're talking about this, it's mentioned on his Chocolate Frog card that Dumbledore is famous for having discovered the 12 uses of Dragon's Blood.
7: Very early in book one. Yes.
4: That is very, very interesting because it's mentioned throughout the book that he's very proud of that wizard card and his accomplishment. And there's also the dragons are very popular throughout the series. I mean, we hear not just Norbert, but... So I think there's something to it, those dragon blood. I think we're going to hear that maybe in book seven. In fact, a long time ago, way back in like 1999, Joe was specifically asked, what are the 12 uses for dragon's blood? And she refused to answer she said that she, the, right. but she did say she did give us a clue she said that the 12th <laughs> use is
0: oven cleaner <laughs>
4: that's right
0: <laughs> I think it might have to be quite complicated magic because in Fantastic Beasts a sort of um, supplementary mm-hmm. book it's got loads and loads on dragons and what they look like and everything and it's a very sort of magi-zoological book but it doesn't talk about the dragon blood so I'm thinking well mm-hmm. it's not so much the fact it's just you know animals blah 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 it's real sort of in-depth hardcore magic mm-hmm. and, well obviously it because it's be Dumbledore a- it's going to be
7: corporate. yeah, and, and that could very well be the case because of who I'm about to mention. But Hermione, I think it's in the first year, but at some point, she indicates that she knows the 12 uses. So it's it's definitely not like a secret thing and it might be complicated, but it's something that like a studious kid can know. Yeah,
0: and Harry wouldn't so it's, because Harry doesn't right. read. So it's
7: something that is being kept from the reader, most likely deliberately, yeah. but not like a secret in the Harry Potter world. People who go and look for the answer can find it. It's written somewhere or whatever.
4: Well, don't you find it curious though that, I mean, there are mentions of the blood. I think we, Slughorn might have mentioned it, but too. But in Order of the Phoenix, when they were in Grimold Place, I remember Harry was speaking about an ornate bottle that was full of blood. But why would anyone keep blood around the house, especially that family, if it didn't have some sort of yeah. important dog magic?
7: Well, I mean, you got to figure that whatever the some of these uses are, they're probably some of them are pretty powerful or special or rare because, I mean, dragon heartstrings are used in wands. Mm-hmm. Like dragons are obviously a very magical animal with lots of different powers and probably different special parts of their anatomy, like their horns or whatever, have mm-hmm. different uses. So
4: You know, it's really interesting because it mm-hmm. wasn't in mythology, too, like the Legend of St. George. George, when he's you know after he killed the dragon did nothing grew on the ground from the blood yeah it was really really sort of toxic
7: dragon Mm -hmm. blood i mean there's lots of different i mean depending on the culture and and the series of legends there's lots of it shows up in a lot of different stories and a lot of different legends and sometimes you know drastically different ways it's always kind of a significant like powerful substance that you know has these different properties it's not normal blood it's not like if just something that you need to worry about washing out of your clothes with cold water or something but you know
4: it's really interesting because because dragons have been around, like you were saying, for centuries. I mean, centuries and centuries, and mm. they've just permeated, you know, mythology and legends all the way back for as long as we can remember. All the way around in- the world, as well. Right, and didn't at one point over, like in China or somewhere, didn't they equate the dragons were like half unicorn, or didn't have uh, a certain? Mm. I don't know. I think
0: I'm I right not sure. I mean, it's not quite my area. <laughs> They do vary slightly in their appearance. Yeah. And I think J.K. Rowling's right. reflected that, you know, that they do live yeah. different from where they got the around. With the different species. Yeah.
7: Some of them looking very different. You yeah. guys made Go mention,
0: though, you made mention about the different powers
4: that it could do. So what if it had, like, healing powers? Because I remember, like, didn't Hagrid put, like, a piece of dragon meat on his after he got beat up by Grop or something? Yeah, yes, he did. And yes. it had blood on it, you know, on his eye. You know, there was, like, some sort of green thing on it. I remember. Yeah. I just thought the yeah. description. And I thought, wow. You know, here's Hagrid, who would know what would work you know i mean traditional and he's using
0: dragon i just thought that was really yeah i mean Hagrid probably wouldn't know why he'd be just sort of like well i've tried it and it works you know just most people come to learn how things work i mean like if you've burnt yourself you put your hand under cold water because cold is soothing and you learn Mm -hmm. that cold is good but i mean people Mm -hmm. put like i don't know do people put steaks on their eyes yes they do something. why do they Mm -hmm. why do they do that is that just because the meat's cold and wet and soft or what
7: I always got the impression that it's kind of the same as putting like a bag of frozen peas on your head or something like because it just soothes yeah. it, it and, and it's soft. But there might be, I don't know, maybe it's like the texture.
0: So it could just be that.
7: Right. It could just be that. And maybe it's written to kind of mimic that
4: yeah. practice.
7: But, you know, maybe there's something more.
4: But she she mentioned the blood being on it. And I just thought that right. was another, maybe another one of her little subtle ways that, yeah. that again... Sort of a little notch. Hey, readers, look mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, because I wondered, because the dragon's blood has been used, I think there's actually a tree or like in some sort of herbology that they use the resin from an actual tree that they use it for like healing, you know, like to stop wounds and stuff. And I wondered if they use that like when Madame Pomfrey or somebody uses dragon's blood to to help heal the wounds. I think healing
7: is a definite possibility.
4: But don't you think it's really interesting, though? The key is, here is Albus Dumbledore, the most powerful, smart wizard of his generation, spent all this time for discovering the 12 uses.
7: I don't know much about alchemy, and I haven't been able to read much of any of those threads or even the essays in Scribulus, but just from looking at the dragon blood thread, some of the people who are interested in alchemy are quick to point out that two of the things mentioned on that card are his work in alchemy with Nicholas Flamel and discovering the 12 uses of dragon's blood and they believe that those two are related and dragon's blood is the name for some substance in alchemy as well right yeah it, it's it's a couple things it's like some cinnabar and it's also some plant
4: yeah it's a resin from like a, a tree I think there's actually a tree yeah. called the dragon tree somewhere yeah right
0: but to your answer so, answer your question sue about you know <clears throat> why is Dumbledore done it I mean <clears throat> magic's been around for a long time I mean when was Ollivanders founded what's the date? Given oh, for that. Right, it's 11 something? It's BC. Or 192? Isn't it? or so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, we're talking several thousands of years, probably, of a magical society. Mm-hmm. And they've only just found the use of dragon's blood, mm-hmm. you know, so it's going to take. All that time for an amazing wizard like Dumbledore to come in and he's like, Yeah, I'm going to work at this. I'm going to crack it. It's like atom cracking <laughs> yeah. or something, isn't Obviously, it?
7: Obviously, it took him like years of research and dedication.
0: But you know what? Um, though, that, I mean, that's
4: a good point, though. But see, I also think, too, that it was also mentioned on that card. He defeated the Dark Lord Grindelwald. And, mm. and we have been talking, speculating that maybe it has something to do with the, the Horcruxes. And I wonder if the 12, if one of the uses of that blood is that it can destroy something like the gold or. Or, or something that, the locket, right. you know?
7: So some use in crux destruction or, or well, creation.
4: Or creation, you know, to help help fight this this terrible thing or uh, help fight the evil i don't know and if
0: we think about clues no. and grimoire plays you know there was mm-hmm. the locket there and there was the vial right. of blood and that could like right. we were saying earlier that could be another one of joe's you know oh look guys look two things you know they're pretty close <laughs> yeah. together they're in the same building but you know take the hint i'm trying to tell you something
7: another place we saw dragon's blood used by someone was slughorn mm. you know kind of a run-of-the-mill use he like he was just using it to fake his own blood oh, yeah um when Dumbledore and Harry went to get him the, he had dragon's blood obviously and so he probably knows something about some of its uses and i don't know if we can Well yeah as a potions, you know, you
0: know very competent i mean he was a potions master for a long time i think
7: Some people thought that it might be used in the Felix Felicis or how do you oh, say that Felix. or something like that Would that
4: be would that be something that you would have easily like i just seems to me that would be a bit expensive thing to have Dragon's blood Yeah cuz i can't imagine yeah. that they just randomly go out and like you know harvest dragons like they do like with well, chickens he was about saving you know?
7: it too. Yeah. Once he got it off the wall, he wanted to put it back in his jar. Yeah, but I agree. It's it's. I don't think it's it's something that is easy to come by.
4: I don't know. It's just so interesting to me because she you know. I mean, there's these like little random remarks because like didn't um. Fred and George send Percy some dragon dung or or something that's probably a
7: little easier to come by I don't think the dragons are holding on to that no I
4: don't think (laughs) but what do you guys think about the use Uh, I mean do you think that we'll see the dragons again though in in book 7 I just
7: the dragons Mm -hmm. themselves
4: yeah like Norbert Do you think he'll he'll be it's a
7: good question I kind of don't think Norbert will show up again, but you never know. I mean, <laughs> books like these, you know, you always are bringing back, you know, little things from early on. But
4: yeah, but doesn't I mean, she always talk about something, you know, Hagrid's love of, of you know, dragons and the yeah. egg, and I just think that there's got to be something more to. I, I don't know. I just can't quite put my finger on it, but I just feel that there's, there's something here that we're missing, and I yeah. don't know.
7: Well, what about? Uh, I'm just gonna rattle off a couple other mm-hmm. interesting ideas that people listed in, in the thread in, um, in Flourish and Blotts. They're thinking that maybe you could use dragon's blood like for some kind of maybe something that Fred and George could use, like mm-hmm. making magical instruments or you know some kind of creation. Of someone suggested a pensive. I don't think there's any evidence for this. It's mm-hmm. just kind of speculation. And then um, somebody said that in some traditions, if someone drinks dragon blood, they are able to communicate with birds. And of course, that makes you think of Dumbledore and, and, Fox. and Fox. Right?
4: Does it have protective? Um. Uh, is there a protective element? It, do you think too With that If it was You were to drink
7: it I don't know in, I think so In some traditions And in others It might be like poisonous I mean it yeah. just kind of depends Right
0: That's interesting Because um, I remember When I was doing my wombat And one of the mm-hmm. questions was I think it was something about What shouldn't you use In um food or cooking And one of the things oh, right. Was dragon's blood One of the options Because it was all mm. multiple choice And one of the options Was dragon's blood And I'm like Why is she throwing that in You know right. mm-hmm. Can you use <laughs> yeah. it in cooking Or is it just You know Just one of the wrong
4: answers Cleaning <laughs> Right i really curious. I don't know. So this, I, I clearly think that there's, it's not just a random fact that Dumbledore discovered these 12 uses. I just don't think that it's an obscure yeah, no. thing.
7: It seems like it's got to have some importance.
4: Yeah, well, lots of I mean, there are 12 uses. There's that pesky number again, too. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) all the things you could do. It's
7: obviously a very powerful substance, especially if the uses are fairly varied. And that's pretty amazing that it can do all these different things. And probably maybe you have to kind of prepare it in different ways or add different things to it. Yeah, use different types of magic with it. Some people think that the dragon blood might have something to do with Dumbledore having somehow cheated or faked uh, his death at the end. Mm. So dead. He's yeah. He's I, I agree. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. But I just yeah. I wanted to kind of give give credence to those people who yeah. do think that. well, uh, That's all I got.
4: Me too. I but think. it's certainly fascinating. Gives you something to think about. That's for sure.
0: Well, given however long we've got until the last book comes out, <laughs> I'm sure we could think of twelve thousand possible uses <laughs> for Dragon's Blood mm-hmm. at least <laughs> one a day. Write it down. We've got a nice big list, and they can just like go through when you're reading the book, checking them off. So. I will say goodbye and leave you to making your lists for the uses of dragon's blood.
7: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me here, guys.
7: Oh, you bet. It's <laughs> our pleasure. Bye.
2: And though you were reliant on your head, I knew that you were different right away. Did you know that I was different too? I
8: I believe that the veil is a gateway to heaven, if you will, or a gateway into the afterlife. Therefore, the whispers that Harry hears from behind the veil are the voices of all the people who he has known that have died, like Cedric, his parents, and others. I think if Harry were to step through the veil, he would step into the afterlife and become a dead person. He'd be able to see everyone who has died, but the price would be his own life. I don't think that will happen, but that's just my theory. This may sound cheesy, but I believe the whispers behind the veil are the untold secrets of the spirits behind it. Everybody dies with a secret, no matter how one tries to forget about their secret. There's a sort of sub theme in the books about keeping your promises, keeping silent about secrets, and not knowing too much knowledge. Now the people are dead, you're great not telling someone that it's whispered through the veil. And what else to put up veil whispering secrets than in a room of unheard prophecies? I think that the veil is sort of a one-way portal between life and death, and that those like Harry and Luna who have seen somebody die are particularly sensitive to it. I think that the voices behind the veil are similar to sistros where you can only hear them if you've had a personal thing with somebody dying close to you. I definitely think about the whispers is that maybe it's just, you know, all the people that have died and it's kind of like, a portal between the living world and the dead world and kind of like the the, the if you saw somebody die then you could see the best rules. same thing if you maybe if you saw somebody die you can hear the voices behind the veil i think that the voices behind the veil are of those who maybe have fallen behind the veil we're not too sure if any Witcher wizard has fallen behind the veil, um, except for Sirius, because that's how he died in Book 5, and the Department of Mysteries, so I think it's a really good guess. I think that, uh, the voices are actually the, uh, the prophecies in the next room, and that people that have a prophecy in the next room can hear them, which is why Harry could hear them, and maybe Luna, because she might have a prophecy in the next room. And, uh, or it may just be that uh, anyone that has seen death can hear, uh, hear them also. And I think that will ultimately become how Harry can hear the prophecy at the end. What I think about the veil is it's the same thing as the Thestral. You can only see it if you've seen death. The voices, I think, were the voices of dead people. Like it's a doorway to after death. That's why Sirius died. He fell into the veil and he disappeared into where dead people live. That's right.
9: And now it's time for Canon Conundrums, featuring special guest Steve Vander Ark from the Harry Potter lexicon. Listen in as our panel tries to figure
5: out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon.
6: Who could possibly figure that out?
5: And here we are! Hello! How's everybody doing on this Canon Conundrum 6? Canon
9: conundrum. We're doing
5: okay. I hear another voice other than my mm-hmm. own. That sounds like a baritone. <laughs> <laughs> His name
9: rhymes with P. Yeah. This is this is Steve of the Harry Potter lexicon. And uh hey. delightedly joining who now?
1: This is Melissa from Leaky. And this is Sue from Leaky. Hello.
5: Hello, Play. Well, this one. week's
1: Canon Conundrum is about <clears throat> the veil this one and makes the voices behind mm-hmm. it. Why
5: this one makes me a little nervous? Why this topic makes you the nervous? The was very scary. That was a very scary chapter. Well, it's
9: you know it's a it is a very scary scene because it's almost like it draws people to it, like Harry and 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 Ginny and Luna all sort of start moving toward it, and it freaks well, let's, Hermione let's, right out, which is interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, let's hear it, shall we?
9: The cannon behind it says, the veil.
1: Harry scrambled down the benches one by one until he reached the stone bottom of the sunken pit. His footsteps echoed loudly as he walked slowly towards the dais. The pointed archway looked much taller from where he now stood than it it had when he'd been looking down on it from above. Still, the veil swayed gently as though somebody had just passed through it. He had the strangest feeling that there was somebody standing right behind the veil on the other side of the archway. Gripping his wand very tightly, he edged around the dais, but there was nobody back there. All that could be seen was the other side of the tattered black veil. Someone's whispering behind there, he said, moving out of Hermione's reach and continuing to round the veil. Can't anyone else hear it, Harry demanded, for the whispering and murmuring was becoming louder without really meaning to put it there. He found his foot was on the dais. I can hear them, too, breathed Luna, joining them around the side of the archway. There are people in there. Something mm. finally slid back into place in his brain. Sirius captured, bound, and tortured, he was staring at this archway. And then on the other side of the veil, Ginny and Neville were staring, apparently entranced, at the veil, too. Mm-hmm. So we've got Ginny, Neville, Luna, and Harry affected, but not Hermione or mm-hmm. Ron.
9: We don't even hear Ron at all in that scene.
1: Well, he says, I'm here because Harry says something. Well, it's interesting,
9: it. though. Did you notice that Harry, who is one of the things, one of the ways that we see his magical ability, is that he has the ability to sense... When others are around, he senses Sirius's presence as a dog. He senses the the mm-hmm. uh, Barty Cross Junior in the forest. Um, and so now in this case too he senses these uh, this other presence nearby.
6: Mm. So
9: I mean it's it's mm. it's to me that says that it's real people because he wouldn't sense it otherwise.
4: Well, I think it I think a lot like of the a... the consen- consensus was that it's kind of like a a portal into the the nether world, if you will, or to
9: the next life, the next life, heaven, the mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
4: I guess in mm-hmm. mythology, I don't know, I, I can't remember the name. I think it's Samhain or something. That the legend was that, like at one night of the year, that the dead comes back, and it's kind of like ties into Halloween that the spirits can mm-hmm. communicate. And I always kind of mm-hmm. like thought that veil was kind of like this. This Sam Hain at all times. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's accurate or not. I don't know. Mm. But to how they hear those voices, I don't know. Do they have to experience death? I mean, do we know that. We don't
9: that, know
4: that. No. You know? I mean, I don't. That's the Thestrals, right? But not, not the. Right.
9: Right. But, it, but sure. again, that's you've got. Listen to the people that you've got affected. You've got Harry and Luna who mm-hmm. can see Thestrals. But then you've got Neville and Ginny who are the two who reacted the worst to the Dementors. Ah, because yeah. of the horrors I mean, in their past. They- so whether or not they've yeah. seen yeah. death, they have a sensitivity to some larger or future existence. I mean, Luna clearly kind of proclaims almost a Christian worldview at the end of the book when she says, well, it's not like we'll never see them again. Remember the voices in the veil? I mean, that's what uh, that's what she says. So she's looking at it almost as, a, as a, like a gateway to heaven. Yeah. You know, that's the way yeah. she's talking about it.
5: It's yeah. a nicer way to look yeah, at it, I, I think suppose. so. Well, here, my question about this whispers, though, is that do you suppose everybody hears the same whispers, or are mm-hmm. they hearing a manifestation of people they've lost whispering in their own head? Right. Well, that's
4: good, John. I think, I think, I think you, that's a good point. I bet it is the people that they've lost.
9: Right. So if Harry could have focused enough, yeah. would he have heard his parents?
5: Theoretically. Well, I then how how could. come
1: Harry, if Harry is good at sensing people, then? Sense Sirius. Sirius wasn't wasn't there right. yet. You know? Yeah. So, and then the whole question is Did
9: Sirius really die?
1: Yeah. Or is like, he just back there?
9: Well, I think he went back in out. time. Okay. What do you think of that.
6: <sighs>
9: Maybe he's a horcrux. Okay, let's no, go. <laughs> <laughs>
6: okay.
4: But no, you know, that veil whole thing, I don't understand how it came to. I don't understand enough about it. How did it get into to the man, Ministry of Magic and somewhere in London? Right. How did this. How do they study it? Yeah. I mean, what do they do? Right. Just sit around and you know? How did it? Yeah, it's it?
9: almost—it's oh, so it ancient. Um, was it so there before the Ministry, the ministry, the ministry of Magic? It?
5: And they built the yeah, Ministry they of they Magic it around it, it or did they move it down?
1: It had to have been. If it's dating back to "quote unquote" the beginning of mm-hmm. time, it then it would predate you know the material that makes up the veil. So it seems like something they would have built something around. Do you, mm-hmm. do you see mm-hmm. what I mean? Unless there was a wizard at some point that was so powerful that they, he could channel an opening to that death mm-hmm. world, and they built around it so that they you know, would, would house it in this very yeah. sacred place.
5: Mm-hmm. Or they, maybe they found that someone like this was this giant artifact that they moved to the ministry. But then, mm. like, is, is it portable? And then how did the British ministry get a hold of it if it was some discovery made somewhere? Right. That's right. No, no, you're looking Does at, every like, country an have a death portal? Or
9: yeah. is this is this essentially an invention but because of the of the nature of the of the force that it's dealing with, it's it like decays or, or you know I mean it looks very ancient but we don't know that it actually is you know Uh-oh. it could be that they that they have that they're trying to analyze death and they're as they do it they build constructions which are trying to channel this energy and the mm-hmm. energy itself is so powerful that the that the whatever they build just sort of starts to fall apart
5: hmm. well, what I found amusing is that I didn't, we didn't hear anything described around the veil that would suggest studying you think you see a bunch of long sticks? A whole bunch of stones. No,
1: you see long sticks. Or some the Instead the coliseum, as if as if they sit, all, they all sit I around it and
5: stare at it. Mm-hmm. No, I don't see anything that they're poking. Or listen to the voices. I think that quite possibly, I think it could currently be used as the means of an execution.
1: No, material. we asked for that. He yeah. said no. Oh. It is for <laughs> study. They sit there and. And, and listen to, the voices. And listen to the voices.
5: Maybe
9: they just sit and listen to the voices, try to try to analyze, try to try to sort out one from another, and try to follow one well, thread.
5: Improvement then.
1: That could mm-hmm. be too. You know, the the unspeakables yeah. could think, could sit mm-hmm. there and and try and sort of commune with death and and understand what's happening back there without actually going mm-hmm. through it. it. That may be, you know, and because because they work in there, they do have the sensitivity to death. So maybe that's why the people who who heard it. Did because they have the sensitivity to death mm-hmm. already. So to work mm-hmm. in there, you have to have mm-hmm. that sensitivity, and you can you can you can sort of try and sort out. Do you think? Do you think it's is
4: as a, a sensitivity to death, or is it like the psychics that are just oh aware of all the other energies around? Like like you were talking about Harry having this this percept, so he has extra. Right. I don't want to say ESP, but I mean, his just no, his it's he's a just sixth more, sense is what yeah. I refer to it as. Yeah, right. I, and so
5: I'm trying to. I don't know. I think it'd be really cool if there were wizards or witches that had other abilities because mm-hmm. the only things and correct me if i'm wrong, but the only people that have magic that not everybody has are the seers well, no you and got metamorph magic. yeah
9: and and you know there is there's a whole list of types of magi- of magical people on the lexicon uh, who have specific skills. And so it is possible that that the unspeakables, or the people who work in that area, are people who have shown themselves to have a particular sensitivity toward that sort of a thing.
5: Well, if that's possible, then then I definitely think that Luna would be one of those Mm -hmm. one of that bunch. Mm -hmm.
9: Okay, so then here is this is the fact that Harry is so sensitive to that. Is that something that we're going to have to expect that at some point maybe he is going to have to push, (laughs) Voldemort through that doorway. Mm. And go through I, himself.
1: I would be sort of let down if that's the end of all the. Something I just noticed about the veil, which I didn't hadn't quite before, <laughs> the veil is, is always fluttering very slightly, as though it's been touched, and it just it just hit me that it it's because it might be because that people are dying all the time, and there could be somebody basically passing through it all the time, and if that's the case, yeah. that it's not just that this is a manifestation of like a, an opening to the death world, it could be the door actual death. Yeah, the mm-hmm. door.
5: Did Sirius move the veil when he fell through it, or did he go through? It, it fluttered the material as if it was not even. It fluttered
4: it after he went through. He fell through, and it fluttered after him.
1: Here it is. Harry saw the look of, of mingled fear and surprise on his godfather's wasted, once handsome face as he fell through the ancient doorway and disappeared behind the veil, which fluttered for a moment as though in a high wind, then fell back into place. <sighs> Most depressing yeah. line in the book.
9: Oh, God. You know it's so it
1: Why didn't Harry just go stand there? You know it's
9: really <laughs> listen. Th- listen to us though. We're talking about this and we're getting all sort of it's really serious. This is this is a really Straight weird down. thing in this book. I really so, I mean it's it's really hard to f- and it's not just because Sirius died there, but it's just because it's just so strange.
1: Mhm.
9: You know? I mean, we There's I can't even argue with John on this one, you know? Yeah.
1: No fun, no fun. Yeah, turn the
5: segment off.
1: No, there's no, but there's no closure on it. You know, it's such a weird, it's not the way we think of death. It's not the way we think of somebody closing their eyes or having a horrible Mm -hmm. accident or being murdered, as is the case so often. He just goes. Mm -hmm. We don't know what to do with that, I think.
4: I think, you know, obviously that was partially probably, or I'm just supposing that that's her point that she wants us to understand to mm-hmm. express her way that you know death can just come at a at a blink of an eye and there's you know as we all try to grapple with the loss of someone we love that, that that that's shocking to the reader too that that's how it is So i don't i don't know mm-hmm. i hope she really does explain this because i just it obviously i mean we, we can't figure it out i don't know
1: There's just yeah. well i think we're definitely headed back to the ministry yeah. in the seventh book yeah. there's too oh, many yeah. things there
5: that's where the final battles gonna take place. The you the think ministers. so? Absolutely. I don't know. 100%. Hmm.
9: I don't know. I, I just I I just wonder. I I think. I I I just this is this is just such a weird concept. This whole veil thing. And I think part of it is I think Joe really wants to give a sense of, you know, death is real but Mm -hmm. at least in her world view it's not the end and so she gives those words to luna who is the the one who who speaks from this sort of otherworldly perspective anyway Mm -hmm. but i think that, that that whole picture she has of death is is meant to give us a picture as fans of in her world anyway there is another there is an afterlife and and this visually gives us that moment see uh, the interesting thing at the end of the book harry walks around trying to get comfort trying to find Mm -hmm. and, and he and he tries the mirror and he tries talking to nearly headless nick and nothing works nothing makes him feel better until he talks to luna and she says well it's not like we'll never see them again and i think that Joe really is is again probably thinking about her own loss i mean that's yeah. she in chapter 12 of, of of philosopher's stone she she really thought about that in in that I think she's doing that again. She's saying, what brings comfort when you have those things happen? Mm-hmm. And I think she looked at that and said, the, the the belief, the faith maybe, that, if you will, that it's not the end, that there is something else, that we will see them again. And I think that God. this is her way of taking that and putting it, She she doesn't want to go into some sort of religious terms with it. Right. So instead she puts it in this sort of physical manifestation of that idea.
5: I think Luna meant... By seeing everybody again, that she was channeling Steve Cloves and talking about seeing him in the movies again. <laughs> no! We're mostly serious in a few months. <laughs> and he makes his debut. Oh, oh dear. Oh. <laughs> yeah. See, because she's otherworldly other like that. She can get mm. into the film world. Yeah. When we get all yeah.
1: downtrodden like that, all we need is John. Yeah.
5: Yeah. lynch. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. like, hey! Yeah. We- they're going to see serious in the movie. Don't worry
9: about it. You know, net. They're going to have to they're going to have to film this scene, so this is going to be interesting to see what they do with it.
4: Oh, I think it'll, it'll be yeah. very powerful. I think I'll have a terrible time watching it, but it'll be I'm sure it'll be very well done.
1: All right, well, I think it's time to wrap up this right. one. I'll go first. Okay. The The Voices Behind the Veil. I don't think they're specific to each person. I think it's I think it's that's death and it's not death, it's what comes after death and it is maybe the only place in the wizarding world where the two worlds meet, and that you hear them because you have some sort of sensitivity to it.
5: I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with my. It makes you being near the veil recall the voices of your lost loved ones only because of Joe going out of her way to, to talk about the finality of death and if there's a way to even have a one-way communication with anyone who's passed on. Through this veil or any other instrument, then that would kind of go against her idea that it's final, the end game over, good night, goodbye. And see, now
9: I think those voices and, and that whole arch thing, I think that represents a non uh, religious way to show that there is an afterlife in her uh, invented world. Um, and so I think that the, 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 the arch is there as a way of giving us a physical picture of that aspect of her creation, her Potterverse. Um, and so that's what I think it is. So I think if Harry would be able to focus enough, I think he would hear his parents. And I think that Luna would hear her mother. And, uh, that's what that is. That's what I think. Uh,
6: you
4: I, I agree with both Melissa, you guys all actually that, that, it is uh I think it's the doorway a portal uh, some sort of representation of of an afterlife of the the unknown more more than than just an afterlife but the unknown more so than than death um and that the voices are just whether they're a memory an echo a ref- our memories our our thoughts. And that's what people hear when they go up to it. I don't know if it's just everybody, but I think it's, it's some sort of... We make some sort of connection when the people go up to it and hear voices that it's a connection to someone that they've lost. So. But I think I want to know more about it, that's for sure.
9: Well, hey, this is Steve Van of the Harry Potter Lexicon. Uh, next time, we are going to be talking about uh, the, the difficult question of is Harry uh, equipped knowledgeable enough to find those horcruxes. He's got a pretty tough job ahead of him. Um, Last time he had Dumbledore along, Dumbledore did a lot of pretty amazing figuring things out. Can Harry do it? Does he have what he needs? We're going to talk about that, and of course we'll come up with a final answer.
3: Necessarily it's like, how many effed up things does he have to do? Before someone says, I don't trust this dude, will you get
2: what you deserve? Hey Dumbledore, can you read the writing on the wall on a lightning-struck tower? You can't delude yourself anymore. Hey Dumbledore, can you read the writing on the wall on a lightning-struck tower?
1: Okay, welcome. Podcast 41 is done! Yay. Yay! We're on to Podcast 42. Wow. Which means only nine more podcasts till Vegas. Woo!
4: I'm excited about Who's that. Who's going to Vegas?
1: I don't know. A couple people. A lot of us.
5: I prefer to not go. <laughs> it's quite a long plane ride for me in Miami here. You know. I prefer yeah. to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What a great show, you know, the first 40 podcasts were, you know, fair, but this is probably one of the best ones we've done since then, I'd have to say. Yeah, Of these next 40 podcasts, probably one of the better ones so far. Ah. Your thoughts, Sue? Pretty good show? I hear
1: crickets in the distance.
5: Hey, you know what? The good thing about having 40 podcasts behind us is that I have recorded lots of your two's laughter to put in whatever I want to like right here
4: oh okay oh wait what are we talking okay
1: do we um, want to talk about all the things of yours I've recorded that I could just slip onto the feed when nobody's looking
5: You <laughs> haven't recorded nothing oh anymore.
1: yeah uh oh how about a certain sound know. file in which you told me I could not possibly be recording
5: I don't remember anything
1: um uh, mm, <laughs> we're gonna not go further than that
5: boo <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> I, I own you John
5: you didn't pwn me at nothing, lady.
1: Oh, oh you want to keep pushing me down? I'll do it. I'll do it.
5: You won't do anything,
1: lady. Wait, <clears throat> All
4: right. I need to apologize to the people of England, River Thames. There.
1: You know,
5: I practiced. No, no. I thought it was River Thames.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do <I> not.
5: <sighs> Isn't that the? Correct I pronunciation? think people need to
1: apologize to Sue because my gosh, ninety percent of the people in the world probably mispronounce that. And she said Thames. We said. Thames, She goes, oh, okay, Thames. And still, we get 800 emails from everybody screaming at her that she didn't say, God, people,
5: would you relax?
1: I I really did I want want people to
5: call in and tell me how to pronounce every river in the Tri-City area of Miami. Yeah, Yeah.
1: every river in the world. If you can call up and pronounce the name of every river in the world, then maybe Sue will apologize for mispronouncing. Maybe Sometimes. Maybe. Till then I don't want to hear it Oh So no, we didn't Please do Because okay. it's, it's Oh yeah uh, I still
5: can't, really can't say Chipotle Chipotle up.
1: right it's Ch- Chipotle
4: <laughs> Oh
5: it's Chipotle Chipotle It's not something We talk about anymore Oh
4: Okay We don't Way to go sit.
6: Sorry <laughs> <laughs> Sorry
4: So um, I had a question Did you guys take those You know In our lounge We had the, those Wombat, Wombat, Wombat things I did do it Smoked man, I, I, I'm gonna be I got, struggling uh, on these.
5: Exceeds expectations,
4: these... did you <laughs> not? <laughs> no, <laughs> I tough. did have the
5: answer sheet though. I got so busy and didn't to take it.
4: I'm kind of worried, man, what Joe's gonna give to us on the next round. Whenever what that Joe's will be. gonna
1: give to us, what about Vegas when we
5: have a trivia contest? Mm. Oh. Well, we're gonna we're gonna pwn everybody in that room. Uh huh. I'm going to have a crib sheet five feet long underneath my desk. No, don't know.
4: I think we need but to get Steve call. in here to help us or something. Give us crash tutoring gram classes or something. I Who? Don't know, man. Steve from the lexicon. All the lexicon yeah. I think Steve
1: to... is going to host it.
4: Oh, okay.
1: Well, but I don't think he, he can be allowed to help. <laughs> help. Shoot. give us Dory. help.
5: <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? We, we screwed gonna... ourselves on that one. <laughs> I think so. I'm going to rig up my Skype to a little earpiece. <laughs> and I'm going to have Joe up on Skype. <laughs> She's going to tell me the answers through my little earpiece as she hears them.
1: Dude, I bet you some of these tests, she wouldn't even get everything right.
5: Probably. <laughs> no. Oh, man. I mean, I, I can't think of it this way Can any of you remember off the top of your head any random thing we've said on these past 40 podcasts? No. No. And think of how much she has written.
1: Hey, somebody should make us a podcast quiz
4: that is a great idea.
1: We <laughs> kind of should of totally have a Pottercast quiz. I want if you if you out there feel like making a Pottercast quiz, do it. We will put it on podcast.com and you can get one of those little avatars you can put in your signature and blah blah blah, and it'll be so much fun.
4: Oh, that's a great idea! Like some of the really random Ooh, we'll things. We'll
5: even link to your MySpace and get you more uh, friends. <laughs> friends are important. Friends rule. Yeah. I'll be your MySpace friend.
1: John, do, do you have a MySpace? My <laughs>
5: I opened it once when we tried to test the countdowns for the MySpace, uh-huh. and I think since then I have gotten a few friend requests, but I have forgotten how to log back onto it, and <laughs> they have went unanswered. The
1: same thing happened, I, I opened one for work about a year and a half ago when MySpace was not, was not nearly what it is now, and I was looking for something at work, so I just sort of opened it, forgot about it, people started finding it, and now I get friend requests, and friend requests, oh. and friend.
5: It's so <laughs> strange. It's the same thing as Facebook. I like Facebook. <sighs> That one's a little easier to figure out, I think. Yeah, it's not complicated. MySpace is just
1: a little creep. Just stuff everywhere. I don't even. I don't know how to deal with it.
5: Yeah, I get overwhelmed by technology. I don't know how to make <laughs> things like websites and profiles. Yeah. You're
1: such a liar. Does it, such a liar?
5: Mm-hmm. Does it ever bother you that you're such a liar? What? Does it ever bother you that you're such a liar? Ever bother you that you never believe a thing that I say? Well,
4: why do you think that is? Hmm. I wonder. Oh, oh
5: d-oh-lish.
4: D-oh-lish
5: dollars dollars fans WS
1: (laughs) okay oh dudes (laughs) do we have anything of interest to say in this wrap up
5: is this going to be our third worst wrap up ever might be
1: might be
4: but this is you know it's a holiday weekend here in the the states so you know hey guess what in in an
5: hour and 20 minutes I get to see X-Men 3 woo
4: (laughs) yay way for promoting other franchises John thank you
5: Hey, man, you know, that franchise is done, though, after this movie, so... Oh, that's
1: true. It's all good. I haven't seen any X-Men movie.
5: What would you think if Ian McClellan was done with Oh!
1: That? Oh, God. He would have been me fabulous. Me. I, I wanted that him. so badly. God, he would
5: have been hardcore. I even
1: had some... I even exchanged a couple of emails with some... Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> say this, but one of Like, Like, like just, just gossiping, just talking amongst ourselves. Nothing mm-hmm. but just saying how great he would be in the role. And, um... But it wasn't anybody in any... I don't want to make... This wasn't anybody in any decision-making capabilities. It was like the same thing as talking to a friend. It's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if... Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think it
5: was Micah, actually. It was Micah. But it was...
1: Oh, gosh. Well, he
4: always said... He said he's already playing one wizard in his lifetime, I think. that's all. You know,
5: that just means that they didn't offer him enough money. No,
1: he says that he thinks he got the better wizard of the two, and that was before Book 5 was even published, so I'm, I'm thinking that maybe he didn't. Yeah. I love Gandalf and all, but... Our wizard's the guy.
5: Oh, Dumbledore could totally pwn Gandalf any day of the week. The only spell that Gandalf knew how to do was make his little staff light up and get those baddie things out of the air. It was his Expelliarmus. It was. That's pretty much basically what it was. Probably. Yeah, actually, it's pretty close. Very yeah. sad. Dumbledore would just kind of look at him. He's like, are you serious? <laughs> and he would just reducto him, and he'd just be like, the end. Goodbye.
4: Well, in the books, uh, to be more fair, is a Tolkien head that. Is a little bit more, but you're right. Dumbledore's he's a pretty powerful, dude. I don't
1: know. And Mac- Dumbledore just does Dumbledore. it with, with like a, a wink and a smart ass attitude and oh, I know so
4: much style. You know what? I'm looking forward to oh, so it, since we got the news about is it Helena or is it Helena? How do you Bonham Carter? How do you say
5: Haloony? I don't
4: know, but that scene with, with Dumbledore and Voldemort and isn't she in there or does she run away when the little fountain comes to life? I'm just looking forward to that final four when she's saying, Harry, baby,
1: Harry. Oh, when she does the baby voice. I know, but that has to be one of the creepiest things ever. You have this psychotic witch. Doing a baby voice. Ugh! It sends bugs up here yeah. inside. It's and a disgusting.
5: hot one on top of it.
1: Well, she's gonna look real gross. They're gonna they're gonna rat her oh. rat her up because that's what Bellatrix looks like.
5: Yes. Might have to give her just a little bit of yeah. allure, just kind of like. Mmm. So
1: you can see that. You might old... have been good looking. Right.
5: Now you're just freaking me out, kind of looking.
1: Yeah. Oh It's gonna be. Great. Well, I tell you
5: what, I'm looking forward to that scene, just because like the same reason I look forward to the shrieking shack scene, mm-hmm. getting all those adult actors, all those. Awesome actors, all in the same scene, just going at it. Yeah, yeah. Think of who's going to be down there. I know. At, at that battle.
1: I know.
4: Fine. Gary. I mean, Gary Oldman, Ray Fiennes.
5: Well,
1: not Ray Fiennes. He'll be up there later. But uh, yeah. But uh, Michael Gary Michael Gambon, Gary Gary Ullman, um Well, Brendan. Jason, Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs, Isaacs yes.
5: Oh, no. Lupin guy. David Neville Thoulis.
1: Harry Hermione. And don't forget all Hermione. the
5: all the dang kids. Oh, oh man,
1: yeah.
5: it's going to be a dang.
1: David Thewlis. Yes, I said
5: Lupin. I stay. Uh, was his uh, name? Just I make him, remember, I'm just thinking, uh, Can you imagine though the properly. scene
4: between her and and Gary Oldman because they are just two intense actors? Can you just imagine uh, that taunt me,
1: ha ha? You know. Oh, oh I no. know because she gets to do it. She she shoots the final spell. I know. Oh, <gasps> this
5: lady. Oh, oh. That is so cool.
1: Can't wait. Man, she's per- I mean she's perfect. She's perfect.
5: Awesome. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in their decision to use a a Superman bedsheet as the veil. Because <laughs> no. they ran out of money for the... Let's talk about the design. most
4: random of comments. Superman?
5: Well, they didn't have any Harry Potter bedsheets. <laughs> oh, so, you know what I bought my brother for, for his birthday? I One of those selling. cool I Love Ron pillowcases from Hot Did Topic. you really? He loved the crap out of that thing, yeah. <laughs> okay. I love the I love Ron pillowcases. You have a brother? A brother-in-law.
1: Oh, your brother-in-law. The okay. Big
5: Daddy to little Charlie.
1: He has an I love Ron pillowcase. <laughs> I bought it for his no.
5: birthday. I wish you just you know it. almost thirty as all. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Yeah, nothing no. all. Loves that thing. I he have laughed to give, so hard when he gave that to him.
1: I have to say hello to anybody listening who is listening for the first time from IS2 in Staten Island, Ooh. where I spoke today.
5: Oh, hi IS2. Seventh graders. Adam was to do today. She was all sick.
1: I was all sick and I and I stood up and, and spoke in front of them and they did not listen.
5: Oh no. As twelve
1: year olds tend to do. Yeah. You
5: didn't listen all about journalisms?
1: We did talk about journalism and we talked about Harry Potter and I gave out t-shirts. And they didn't listen like, to a thing about Harry Potter. What's wrong? With they listened, listen but you know they're 12 and so they have a little bit of a, the ADD thing
5: going on. Well, they got something with the And school's al- al- I mean records. let's be
4: fair not about ADD but the, school's almost done you know so it's like you know okay. Yeah. Got
1: they're that. like please another assembly who is this lady guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. But it was fun. So hi if you're listening from that class you guys were oh. cool. Oh. Hi.
5: I think okay. had a good week everyone. Are we just goodbying now?
1: I need cu- I need cough medicine in in a bad way. I'm gonna start going like this into the into the mic. <laughs>
4: no. Oh, we have to call you Crookshanks uh, after that. Uh, Furballs.
1: <laughs> Gross. I Feel like Crookshanks over here. Yeah, that's what I just said. I'm gonna call you
4: she's the fur balls. There, she's got. Hey.
1: What do I have? Fur balls. I'm trying to hide it, but some of it might have snuck into the
5: recording. Do you think there's anything to Crookshanks rhyming with Grubbly Planks?
1: Actually, those rhyme.
5: Yeah. Do you think there's anything to that?
1: Well, I don't think that
4: Crookshanks no. is an On- Onomagus. I don't think so. Do no, you think Hapazole. Crookshanks oh, yeah.
5: is probably a plank?
3: No.
1: it's not.
4: Oh, Monk, no, 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 I no,
5: think Crookshanks is an Animagus black. No,
1: no. It's true. All right, can we leave?
4: Yeah.
5: Okay, fine.
4: <laughs> this concludes your random wrap-up, everyone. Thank you.
5: <laughs> oh. The worst Spider-Kids wrap-up, we've we've No, oh, it's not the worst. i like second or third worst.
1: Yeah. Okay,
4: bye. That one week
5: was just miserable.
1: Yeah. Just go! You're right, well, All right. we're setting new standards.
5: Yes. Later, skaters. Enjoy the weekend.
1: Okay, bye, 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 Uncle John. Enjoy the time with the
2: baby.
5: Oh, Uncle thanks. Johnny.
4: Hope you feel better, Melissa. Bye, everybody. Have a good week. Bye. Love
0: you.
8: Oh, and about time to...
0: We've missed it. I confess myself... <laughs> Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed.
2: Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time we've been here nearly four hours.
3: Spooky how the time flies when we're having fun.
1: It's like, a- aren't you impressed at how good we are at this?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, editing is magical.
5: We've only been
1: doing it do for it. forty weeks.
5: Yeah, well, as soon as you, as soon as you throw a wrench into our little uh, routine here, everything <laughs> goes haywire. Some.
1: Wait,
2: wait, wait. Aww. <coughs>
3: Can it be called oh, that? Man. We're here with another <coughs> interview.
1: Another. <laughs> <laughs> Furball interview, thank you.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. I watch
1: podcast ratings go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> does that get you an explicit yeah. <laughs> rating? I think it does.
1: That might. All right. Now, might. That I've, now that I've put the final that. nail in the coffin that is my throat. <laughs>